Happy New Year. And those online, hope to see you on site. Uh, I think this year is very special because there's a lot of transitions, especially for me. I do not know about you transiting from 2022 to 2023. Uh, I know that the feasting continues, right? Some people are still celebrating Christmas. I see a lot of lunches, a lot of celebrations. And uh, for those of us who like to do New Year resolution with all this feasting, I'm feeling my my shirt a bit tight, my pants a bit tight. <laughs> and if you are like me, like to put some goals at the beginning of the year, you might be, you know, trying to diet. But for some, you have gave up doing resolutions anyway. How many of you have gave up writing resolution for the new year? Raise your hand. Okay, because you know that after you say you're going to diet, after three days, you know, that's it. <laughs> But you know what? I, I love to read again Isaiah 43 verse 19 because the Lord says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Can we say new thing together? New thing. Right? It's new, right? In a Greek, it's the same Greek word found in uh, your new creation. For those of you who are in Christ Jesus, you are new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. So it's the new. And that word, kainos, is, is, is something new that you have never seen before. You've never experienced. It's that new. And so... When we read Isaiah 43, verse 19, it says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. How wonderful it is. And I think at 2023, we need to have this hope, anticipate God's grace in this new year. Amen? And with new things come new changes, isn't it? And we all like to see new change, anticipate change, but... New change doesn't mean that you will get used to it. It doesn't mean that it's comfortable. It doesn't mean that you will like it sometimes, isn't it? I know that uh, last Christmas, you know, my, my mother-in-law, she was trying something new. She was playing Switch with, with the grandchildren, and it was hilarious. And uh, when she was playing, I, I, I marveled at her how she wanted to try new things. Uh, so grandparents, those who want to win the hearts of your grandchildren, you can play computer games with them for a little limited time. Uh, another new thing that she did was, was that she received a new handphone, new iPhone. And she was trying to set up this Siri. And my wife was trying to help her. And when she was setting up, there was an instruction by Siri on the phone that says, ask Siri, how is the weather today? And then she took the phone, turned behind, looked at the window, and then she told the phone, it's raining now. <laughs> You know, for the elderly, sometimes all these new things, it's not comfortable. And it's frustrating for them because they don't understand the new change that's happening. And for many of us, 2022 has been like that, you know, going to 2023, uh, I, I'm struggling. I'm still holding on to some of the struggles. I can't get used to it. For me, 2022, last year, has been a year of transitions. At the beginning of last year, I was in St. Andrew's Cathedral. In July and August, I was actually coming back to do planning for the Chinese church. And I thought I was just going to take over the Chinese church, and then we have great plans for this year. We're going to do Alpha as a church, and, and we are going to do Alpha. And then, lo and behold, I, I'm, I'm starting to transit into the English church, and being appointed as the associate vicar, and not relinquish my role as the Chinese pastor. And for the last three months, it seems like three years to me. And uh, after I thought I was settling in already, senior pastor 
Daniel Wee came to me and said, you know what, I'm going to go away for a little while. <laughs> I said, how long? Six months only. <laughs> you know, I don't know about you, but transitions can be hard and also stressful, isn't it? Live life long enough and you start to understand that, you know, nobody give you a memo that crisis is coming. No man, nobody give you a memo to say that COVID is coming or, or your health is breaking down. Right? We kind of live life and we know that life sometimes doesn't make allowances for our crisis. And we learn to cope and respond to situations. And I believe that as Christians, the way we respond and, and rise up to occasions remind us very much of how much we know about God and how much we know about ourselves. And when we begin to rise up and, and face the challenges and respond in a way that God wants us to respond, we become the ordinary people that do extraordinary things. Amen? And that was the message last year. And you know what? Some years ago, 19 years ago to be exact, in 2004, there was a crisis that hit Southeast Asia. Because there was an earthquake that caused a huge tsunami that killed 230,000 people. Now, I believe that year 2005, that new year, very few people say Happy New Year because many people died. And you would remember, how many of you remember that year where the tsunami hit Southeast Asia? Many countries were affected. India, Indonesia, Malaysia, Myanmar, Sri Lanka, Thailand, and so on. But amidst all the bad news, there was a great testimony I found. It was about a little girl called Tilly Smith. Now, you must understand, Tilly Smith has just gone to Thailand in this beach called Maikau in Phuket. And the family was having a holiday. But two weeks before the holiday, she was attending a class in geography. And she was learning about tsunami from her teacher, Mr. Andrew. And when she went to the beach, she saw what happened to the waves. They were coming in and out in a very odd way, coming in and out, and there were bubbles on the beach. And she noticed and understand that the tsunami is coming. So she alerted everybody. She went hysterical. And she told the parents, and the parents alerted the security. Cut the long story short, there was an evacuation that came in time, and for the many beaches that was destroyed, that beach was destroyed also, but with no casualty. Praise God for that young little girl at the age of 10. What did we learn from this? You need to pay attention to your geography class. <laughs> but other than that, we can learn that a young girl like her can do something. Amen? You can do something. You're not young enough, you can do something. And I think that this is important for us because she did something and it saved lives, about a hundred lives. And today we are reminded here as church that as we look into 2023, God wants us to do something. You have something inside you and God wants you to do something. Touch your neighbor and say, do something. And you may feel that you have very little to offer, but praise God, God has put treasure in us. Because in 2 Corinthians, Paul reminded the church. In chapter 4, verse 7, it says this. Together, shall we read this? But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show the 
surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So thank God, because God is reminding the church that He has put treasure in jars of clay. We are like Eden vessels. We are broken sometimes. We are old. We may not be enough. But you know what? The treasure is the most important, isn't it? It's the treasure that God has put inside every one of us. And when I read this verse, I thought of this, you know, the old Kongguan biscuit tin. <laughs> and you know, some old people like to put a lot of money inside all these old biscuit tins. <laughs> and for those people who put all this in, the reason why they want to put there because nobody would know that there are treasure in this old Kongguan biscuit tin. And I remember a funny story about this old couple that was married for many years. And one day, the husband found out there was this old biscuit tin. Opened up, there were no biscuits, but there were $82,000 and two teddy bears. And so he asked the wife, you know what are all this? Have you been saving up? And the wife said, no, uh, this, I, I, my mom told me before I got married to you that every time we fight, I should, you know, sow some teddy bear. And he was very happy. He said, oh, we have been married for 50 years and only two teddy bears. That's quite good, isn't it? And he asked her, then what about the $82,000? He said, that's the money I made out of selling the teddy bears. <laughs> you can imagine the frustration that's building up. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes the vessel may look odd, but it is the treasure that God put in us. In fact, in some archaeological findings, they actually really found some of these coins that's hidden in these jars of clay. And today I've titled the message as Be Vessel, Be a Vessel for God's Use. Touch your neighbor and say, Be a Vessel. Be a Vessel for God's Use. You know, before SP went to St. John's and Margaret, I, he was actually supposed to preach today. And so he actually gave me the message. And there were some things that I thought is important for us to know. Because he said, You must tell the church these few things. Because as we look to 20, 23, what is the vision for the church? I know some people say, you know, we don't know which, which is the vision, what is the vision. I know the KPI. I asked my wife, do you know what is the KPI? I say, the one that you rate people, right? I say, no. KPI stands for knowing God, pursuing kingdom values, impacting communities. And as I was Dialoguing with a senior pastor, I know that he wants us to remember that we have a covenantal relationship with Jesus the King. And under his lordship, we are supposed to establish godly communities in Singapore and beyond. Meeting people's needs God's way. Adoption, more than just conversion. People must be more important than your programs and the presence of the Lord more important than just atmosphere. And after saying all these things, it's like Jesus telling the, the, the disciples, you know, the kingdom of God look like this, look like this, look like this. And then there are still people scratching their head and saying, huh? So sometimes we are like that. Even the staff, I was asking all of them. Everybody were like, you know, something like that. To me, uh, it's like looking at some of the prophetic painting that these artists are always painting. You know, today we don't have them, uh, but... Some, some days I stand there and I thought they are painting something and then after the service, it looks like something else. I think KUS 2.0, we are kind of journeying together. And I think as God reveals His mission and purpose for Church of Our Saviour, let us catch it because it's more than just hearing it. 
Because sometimes a lot of things are more caught than taught. A lot of things is when you start to participate in it, you start to understand more. So there are four things that he mentioned. First of all, in this transition, remember we must transit with stability. And the only stability that we can have is to understand that the church is ruled by one king and the only king, and his name is Jesus. And so under the lordship of Jesus, no matter whose leadership it is, we must submit and obey because we know he's the one that's leading the church. The second thing is that missions, is it completed? Not yet. We are thanking God for all the salvations that we are seeing recently, but has the work finished? Not yet. There are more things to do in Dawson and beyond. The work is not done yet. There are more healings to be done. There are more reaching out to the poor to be done. So the work is not done yet. What about community? You know, Church of Our Savior, we are involved in building community. This is a family. And so we take care of the old, the poor, the weak, the young, and, and all sorts. And so it is important for us to understand that as we move into KUS 2.0, we must start be plugging into the cells because that's where the life is. That's where we are able to disciple, follow up, and mentor. So community building in Church of Our Savior. And what about fruitfulness? Fruitfulness can only happen when there's renewal and revival. Touch your neighbor and say, revival. We need that revival. And so for us to move forward, even though we know that change makes us uncomfortable, but it also makes us resilient. Amen? I was wondering to myself, you know, with all this transition, feeling uncomfortable, one day I was kind of, you know, I preached a message that I think a lot of people remember because everyone come to me and say, don't complain, don't complain. It's like reminding me also. And uh, one day I was kind of complaining. I was telling God, wow, God, I have to attend six services ah, in a weekend. And just after saying that, I felt like the Holy Spirit convicted my heart. And, and there was a question in my mind, aren't you glad that you are in the Lord's presence so, so often? And then I said, oh yeah, yes, Lord, you know, who, which other, other pastor can worship you six times in a weekend, right? So we, we change our attitude, we change our mindset, and, and we become resilient. We become better, not bitter. And so today I want to point us to a passage in the Bible about a, a woman who was struck with a, a sudden crisis. And this crisis affected her, affected the family. And we want to read from 2 Kings chapter 4, just three verses first, together. Now, the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. But the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? And she said, Your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, Go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not too few. You know, this story reminds us that this woman is in a state of a, a, a situation where some of us may be in. You are in that predicament of need. You are at the end of your rope. You have lost everything. But the Bible reminds us that she, she feared the Lord. Her husband feared the Lord. And the husband was serving in full-time ministry in the company of prophets. He was in a prophetic ministry. And now the husband has died. 
and they are faced with a debt that they could not pay. And the creditor is coming to enslave the children. And that's how they do it in those days. You cannot pay the debt. Now your children are mine to use as slaves. Now church, I believe that if the first generation, if the previous generation did not do enough or the right things, we left for the next generation to be enslaved. And friends, we must remind ourselves that we want the next generation to be empowered and not enslaved. Amen? So the creditor is coming and they are feeling the lack and they are feeling that they don't have enough money to pay off. I do not know whether some of you are feeling this way from 2022 and you're coming in 2023 feeling the lack. It may not be a lack of finance because I think we all know that there are other lacks because you may be rich in wealth but poor in health. You may be rich in finances but poor in your connections with people. You may be struggling in your relationship. You may be lacking something. But today is the day of good news. Because Elijah was there and Elijah was asking a very simple question. What do you want me to do for you? Now this question is very familiar, isn't it? Because in the gospel, Jesus asked the disciples before, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked blind Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And this is almost like God imprinting the same message for all of us in 2023. Church of our Savior, what do you want me to do for you? And you know the women in the state of mind facing the situation could say nothing but said, your servant has nothing in the house. Nothing in the house. And so often we are like the women. We say, Lord, you know, I have nothing else to give. I have nothing in the house. But praise God for there is another word that comes after that. And everyone say, accept. Louder, accept. Thank God for the exceptions in our life, amen? Thank God that God put exceptions in your life and my life that He can turn things around. Because the women say, I have nothing in the house except a jar of oil. And this jar of oil is so important. This jar of oil would be the very thing that God is going to use to do a miracle in this house. And so Elijah said, go outside and borrow vessels. With this jar of oil, there need to be vessels. And this year, as a church, God is looking for vessels. Vessels like you and me. And if we want to be a vessel that God can fill, then we need to be available. You need to be available for God to use. You may be able, but not available. There are many people who are gifted, but do not have time to serve the Lord. You know, God doesn't call the qualified, but He qualifies the call. When Elijah was telling the women to go and look for vessels, was there instruction that says, you know, go and look, look for a vessel that is golden, shiny, bright, you know, that reflects well, you know? Look for a, a, a vessel that looks clean and really handsome like Pastor Chris Young, you know? Or, or look, look for a vessel that is like this. No, it was not. Just... Uh, a specific kind of vessel. It was different kind of vessels. You just find a vessel. As long as it's available. As long as people are willing to loan to you. This is the vessel that can be used. Any vessel. You know, recently I, I told myself in 2023 I'm going to diet because my, my pants are really getting tight. My shirt are getting tight. And uh, just two days before the new year, someone gave me bakwa. <laughs> you know? And this is one of my favorite 
And uh, so I thought to myself, since uh, there's only two days, I might as well store it in my stomach. <laughs> so within 15 minutes, the bakwa and I become one flesh. I finish it. So I finish the bakwa, but that's not a point I'm trying to make. Because when the bakwa comes, it, it comes well packaged. And if you know bakwa with all the oil, there's this wax paper, right, that's wrapped around it. Uh, imagine uh, someone gave you bakwa and then took out from the pocket, uh, and say, you know, this bakwa, I put it inside for two hours only. La. It's still very fresh. In fact, quite warm because it's inside my pocket. <laughs> Would you eat it? <laughs> no way, right? Especially in COVID time. Now, when I went to research and, and, and just see how much this, like, this piece of paper worth, 100 pieces of it cost $2.60. <laughs> it's very cheap. But it's very important, isn't it? It's very cheap, but it is holding on to the content. Now, what is more important is the bakwa, right? The bakwa is really what I want. But if the bakwa is not given in the package, then I would be worried because I do not know whether it's contaminated. But even though I wanted to eat the bakwa, it must be served in a package. Same thing when you go out later to drink your coffee. You are given a cup. Now, can you imagine if you queue up for your coffee, and normally when I queue up, you know, there's no more coffee. But if you queue up, there's still a lot of coffee, and my turn came, and they say, we run out of cups, pastor, you know, but we still have a lot of coffee. Can you open your mouth? We just pour it in. <laughs> do you think you will do that? No way. But you know what? We are concerned, yes, of the content. We are, we are marveling at the treasure that God is putting in the vessel, but the vessel must be available. You must be available for God's use and the vessels are you and me. You know, for the last few weeks, I've been very busy and uh, but I was also asked and tasked to go and visit some people and I did. And one of the great stories came because recently I baptized an elderly man called Mr. Lee, one of our church members' father. And he was saved uh, and led to Christ by her own, his own daughter, but he refused to come to church and he refused to be baptized. And you and I know old people, for them, making the decision is baptism. So baptism is really very important. It's entering the covenant relationship with God. So I asked him when I prayed for him, do you want to be baptized? He, mm, mm, ah, ah. Then I say, okay, never mind. But on Christmas Day, I'm doing a baptism. And if you want to be baptized, you have to tell me a few days before. The minimum, you at least have to give me two days. And true enough, two days later, two days before Christmas last year, he gave the word and said, I want to be baptized. And one of our pastors went down, gave him some crash course and helped him to understand baptism. And on Christmas Day, he was baptized. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Because there are people available, there are vessels available to teach, to pray, to lead him. But there are also days when you feel tired. Remember the, the women, the auntie that I led to Christ by singing? <laughs> and uh, last Thursday was a one-year anniversary when I led her to Christ. But last year, she passed away. And during the week of the funeral week services, I was approached by the daughter to do the funeral week service. And this is how she approached me through text. She said, I know you are very busy. On Tuesday, St. Matthew's Church is doing the wake service. On Thursday, St. Andrew's Cathedral is doing the wake service. But on Wednesday, are you free? And then she continued to say, but if you cannot, it's okay one. Don't feel obliged. 
I look at my calendar and lo and behold, every night is occupied except Wednesday. <laughs> I thought I could rest. But then I have no reason to say no, so I went. To be honest, within my heart, I was feeling tired. I wasn't going there, like really excited to do the funeral week service. And then when I went there, I was a little bit disappointed because there were many friends there, but they didn't join in the service. They were on the other side of the pillar. And when I gathered the people, there were only about 15 out of them. And I was speaking to, I do not know who, but mostly family members. And I would think that many of them are Christians. But two days later, she sent me a text in Chinese. And when I saw the text, I was deeply moved. Because she said uh, uh, that Wednesday night, when I gave the altar call, and I shared the testimony of a mother. Seven of her family members gave their life to Jesus Christ. Praise God. If she have not texted me, I would be quite moody. But I am reminded that God is looking for our availability more than our ability. More than what we can do for God, but what we can offer to God, God is willing to take and fill it in to the overflow. Let's continue to read the narrative in verse together. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And she said to her, there is not another. And together we say this loudly. Then... The oil stopped flowing. Now the oil stopped flowing when there are no more vessels. When there are no more vessels. The Bible did not say there are no more oil. The oil can still flow when there is a vessel. But when there is no vessel, the oil stops flowing. Church, this is a reminder for us that God is looking for vessels. And where there are no available vessels, the oil will stop flowing. The oil represents God's anointing and His Spirit. And you do not just want available people, you want willing people. Amen? You want willing vessels because you can be available but unwilling. Because there are people who say, you know, this is my free period. I come and serve church. Lah. I come but I will not wash this. I will not do this. I only do that. You know, God is not asking you for permission to use you. God is wanting you to say, I am here. Because His anointing is flowing and God wants willing vessels. Willing Available but willing. Because you can be available but unwilling. And when you're unwilling, you cannot be used. I remember Prophet Isaiah. Let's say this in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. Send me, Lord. When I was young and reading this passage, I used to think that God appeared before Isaiah and talked to Isaiah. Isaiah, whom shall I send? And Isaiah was cornered, <laughs> nowhere to go, and say, God, you know, send me lah. <laughs> Sometimes you feel that way because your leader come to you, you say, and give you that guilt treatment, right? Why are you here at such a time as this? Your holiday? Who else? Who shall go for us? And then you have no choice. Yeah, I guess me lah. You are available, but you are unwilling. 
But you know, if you read the context, it was not like this. Isaiah was caught in the presence of the Lord. He was able to see the vision of God in the year that Isaiah, King Isaiah died. And there was turmoil, there was crisis, and then Isaiah was praying, he was caught in the presence of the Lord, and he overheard the Trinity talking to the angels or talking among themselves. Whom shall we send? And Isaiah said, Lord, here I am. Send me. I am willing. And if you are willing, you can be used by God. And willing vessel needs to be clean and empty. I do not know whether the women got some vessel inside, got some cockroaches. Huh? The, the context didn't tell us or whether there are some ants, whether it's been used before and it's dirty, it's not clean up. But I suppose if it is dirty, you need to clean it up. Amen? And you have served long enough to understand that God will always need to do a work in us before He can do a work through us. He needs to clean us up. He needs to do something, get rid of the bitterness, make us better, not bitter. To get rid of the sin and all the ugliness within us. 2023, let us be better. Be clean, but also be empty. Because if the neighbors have vessels in their house and they are filled with their things, they cannot loan it out. And what do you... What, what do I mean by being empty? It is to empty yourself so that God can pour it in. And there was a story about this Zen master that many people seek advice from. And there was this young scholar, talented young scholar, brilliant scholar that came to him for advice and wanted to learn from the master. But in the conversation, the master realized that this young scholar is really proud and always full of ideas. And one day, the master told the young scholar, can we have tea? And while he was pouring his cup of tea, it overflowed and he did not stop. And then the tea went to the floor and the scholar shouted, Master, the tea is overflowing, it's everywhere now. And the master said, I know, I just want you to know that you are like this teacup. You are so full that I cannot teach you anything. Wait until you have become empty, then I can teach you. You know, a lot of us are like this. You have your experiences. You may have become a Christian for many years. You have been in church for very long, but continue to humble yourself and be emptied. Emptied so that God can fill you again. Emptied of bitterness. Emptied of sin. Emptied of things that's holding you back from 2022. And I love Oswald Chambers that say, before God can use a man greatly, he must wound him deeply. Reminded me when I was a mission intern under Pastor Vanager. She used to say this to us, a quote that she heard from somewhere, God comforts the afflicted, but afflicts the comfortable. <laughs> if you are too comfortable, be careful. <laughs> you know why? I mean, I don't think God is out there to whack us. We have a loving God. But I think God knows us well enough that if we are too comfortable, we cannot grow. And with growth, we are challenged with difficulties. And so be willing to be used by God. Remember the giants of our faith. They come from vessels that God can use. And God can empty and clean. Remember Joseph was a young, proud kid who was betrayed and sold as a slave. And later on, God used him to become the prime minister of Egypt. Remember Gideon, he was a cowardly young man who was hiding from the enemies. And then the angel of the Lord came and said, mighty man of valor. And, and Gideon said, really? And then later on, God used him anyway to become the judge of Israel. What about David? David 
David did many wrong things, and God still used him. David was a young shepherd boy, was playing his harp to animals. But yet, God used him to become the king. And I wonder how many of us become vessels that, that we are willing for God to change us, transform us. And you have emptied, finally, you need to be filled. And if we go back to the narrative, you think of this image where the women was running around looking for vessels. It's like the church. You know, the women representing the bride of Christ looking for vessels and going everywhere. And, and there are people who are willing, there are people who are unwilling to give their vessels. They collected everything. And then Elijah, the man of God, told them, now go into the room, lock yourself up. Now, you know, there's a verse that says, so she went from him. What does this mean? That means Elijah didn't go in. Now, if you are the woman, you will go inside the house and say, man of God, aren't you coming into my house? You're supposed to do the miracle. I've collected all these vessels for you to do something for me. But right now, Elijah is not entering. The man of God is not coming into that miracle service. The man of God is not there. You know why? Because the miracle has already happened and you do not need a man of God. You do not need the pastor. You do not need the leader. You need the spirit of God to move. Amen? And all of us need the spirit of God to move in our lives and sometimes God does that in the private spheres of your life. Sometimes you need to go into the private corner where nobody is there, where you and God is there and you are wrestling, you are struggling with your thing and that's when God can fill you up again. This is the place where God is doing a deep work in you so that you are ready for the public ministry of God. And so the women and the two sons went in and they start to pour the oil. Can you imagine they are wondering whether this is the right way to do it? Should we do it another way? Is there a ritual to do this? Is there enough oil? Looking at the oil, I don't think there's enough. Looking at the sons, I don't think there's enough. They said, anyway, just pour it. As they begin to pour, a miracle happened. As they begin to pour one vessel, they say, bring me another one, there's more oil. Bring me another one, there's more oil. Bring me another one, there's more oil. When there's a vessel, there is enough oil. When there's a willing heart, there's a willing man of God, willing women of God, there is enough Holy Spirit for you to be filled to the brim and overflow and touch and, and really bless our community. I think there's a message for us that we can be the vessel that God used us and fill us. I love the story of D.L. Moody because every time he preached, he will always say, be filled with the Spirit of God. Be filled. And Church of Our Savior is a Spirit-filled church. We cannot just talk about spirit-filled without being spirit-filled. We cannot just say we are a charismatic church. Just speaking in tongues doesn't make you very charismatic. You know what is really charismatic? That you exercise and walk into the dominion of the Holy Spirit, that you listen to the voice of God and you function in the ways of God. And Diyal Muri know that. And that's why he keeps saying, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled. And when people ask him, why do you always talk about the infilling of the Holy Spirit? He said, because I leak. I do not know about you, but sometimes I feel I leak a lot. <laughs> One day I'm up there in the mountain, other days I like, why am I doing this? <laughs> 
And I get frustrated with myself, my faith. And I have to come into that corner, that table when I do my quiet time and ask God, Lord, give me strength. Fill me once again. And he always says this when he preaches. He says, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. By God's help, I aim to be that man. This is a man of faith. Another man of faith that I I love reading about is City Start. He was a missionary in China and then went on to India. And then he started the organization called Worldwide Evangelization for Christ. Those of you who know Michael Ross Watson, he came from the organization. I graduated from that organization. <laughs> That's my mission training college. And we hear many stories of City Star, but there was one story about him in England for a short period, and he was there in a conference, and he was invited to give a testimony for 15 minutes. And there was a speaker there by the name of F.B. Mayer. And F.B. Mayer in those days was well becoming one of the great Christian scholars and ministers of that day. But after City Star gave a 15-minute testimony, everybody was moved in tears and the Holy Spirit came upon everyone and they were convicted by their sin and they repented. And so F.B. Mayer was deeply touched and went to City Star and said, young man, you know, I, ha- I felt like I have something that you, I don't, that you have, I don't have. Can you tell me what it is? And so City Star looked at him and said, have you given everything to Jesus Christ? And F.B. Mayer said, yeah, I think I, I did. And when City Star was about to leave, turn around and say, really? Did you sincerely, honestly answer that question well? And the story goes on to say that F.B. Mayer went back to his room, knelt down by his bedroom and cried out to God and said, God, please help me to surrender everything to you. And when he was struggling in prayer, he saw a vision of God appearing before him. And in the vision, he himself was putting his hand into his pocket, reaching out for a bunch of keys and handing over to God. And he said, God, this is it. And then God took the key and started counting them. And then God said, there's one more missing. And and F.B. Mayer said, there's only one small key I need to keep for myself. He said, surrender that. And he said, cannot. And so God turned around and walked away and and said, God, please don't leave me. And God said to F.B. Mayer in the vision, Mayer, if I'm not the Lord of all, I'm not your Lord at all. And with that, in the vision, F.B. Mayer gave the last key to God and the rest was history. He became one of the greatest preachers in his day. And his ministry was caused by the acts of the Holy Spirit, incredible power of the Holy Spirit. I wonder whether some of us here are still holding on to some of the keys. You have given the living room, the bedroom, and you wanted to keep the storeroom because you have many goodies there. And, and God is saying to you, maybe you should surrender that this year. Everything. Everything? Everything. It's quite a challenge, you know. Daily, I'm asking myself this question. Have I surrendered everything? And this message is reminding us as vessels, we must allow God to fill us. And if you have been dry, be filled again. You have been distressed, depressed, discouraged, let God fill you up again. But you need to offer everything. Because in John chapter 12, we know Mary offered everything. 
she broke that perfume that was meant for her wedding. Something very expensive and very precious to her. And when she broke it, Jesus received it. Because much later, Jesus gave all. Everything. Jesus did not give something. He gave everything for you and I at the cross. And because of the cross, we are able to have this abundant life. And friends, today, the question is for us, are you willing to be the vessel that God is using? How many of us are willing, once again, to be broken by God and to say, Lord, fill me up again because I want to be emptied and be filled by your Holy Spirit, not to be filled with my plans, my agenda, my objectives, not my retirement plan, not my plans for my children, but your plans, your spirit, your spirit, your purpose. If that's you, I want you to take a moment to reflect on this. And if you're ready and say, God, I, I want to be ready. I know there are many things that you need to break in me, but I want to be a willing vessel. If that's you, at the count of three, I want you to just stand up in obedience to God and say, Lord, I'm here. Use me as a vessel. Just take a moment of silence to think through this. One. Two. Three. Thank you, Jesus. Those who are standing, I want you to raise your hands right now. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I ask for your Holy Spirit now to fill, Lord. Fill from the head of head to the toes. Lord, fill them in the mighty name of, the, of Jesus Christ. And, and, and we pray that this year will be a breakthrough year for them, for us, Lord. As a church, Father, we know there are many vessels standing out for your use. Use us, Lord. Change us, transform us. Let us break our alabaster jar before you and worship you. Thank you, Lord. As you're standing, I want you to just say a prayer to God. You know, if you can speak in tongues, speak in tongues. If not, just say a simple prayer. Whether you're standing, you're sitting and, and, and you're just struggling, you just, just ask God, feel, 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 Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord.
Shall we all stand and worship God with this song? Just now in the midst of worship, uh, I think Pastor Cynthia was like slain by the Holy Spirit. I think she wants to share something. Dear friends, I just felt that this morning as we we continue to zero two three, that it's very important that. We want to love the Lord more. To love the Lord more. Because it has been said that Christianity has never been a religion. And for those of us that have been Christian for so long, do you know that we can do ministry as an obligation, as a religious duty? And I just felt that if we love God more, just by one inch, we are not measuring with one another. But we are measuring our own state with the Lord and say, this is our prayer, Lord, for me personally, that I want to love God more, 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 more. Because ministry is basically very simple. People ask me, Cynthia, what is ministry? I have been full-time for 30 over years. Can you believe it? Because I'm quite old, huh? okay? Right, yeah. 30, I think 33 years. That is a long time. Huh? And, uh, and I've never looked back. And I say simply, ministry is simply an expression of your love. Ministry is simply an expression of our love for God. And that's why we don't measure. In all this time as a, as a church worker, I've never measured myself with others. If I see others that I, I emulate, I say, God, I want their anointing. I want what is good for the ministry. I emulate them. Right? But I don't compare. Yeah, comparison is foolishness because you will be inferior or superior. And the Bible tells you in Roman, it's foolishness to compare. If you want to compare, I compare myself to Jesus, what He has done for me. So today, dear friends, I pray. Thank you for for this message. I, I received the word uh, before even I, I went down. You know, I received the word, but I thought there was no opportunity to give. Right, so I just I just submit to the leadership. And I was quite amazed. Uh, Pastor Andrew, he asked me, hey, you have something or not? Huh? I said, for who? Uh? He said, you have a word. Then I said, uh, it's over, right? And then apparently I didn't know. He, he, he's the service, what? service pastor. So he asked me to say. So I just obeyed the Lord. And I just feel that today, you know, tell God, I want to love you. And love means that it's a cost. And that cost is obedience. Obedience. So that's all I have to say. Thank you. Amen. Amen. I think this is for us to respond. You know, when we say yes to God, we must say no to many other things. And I thought it would be good for us not just to depart from this place just hearing a, a word like this. I do not know about you, but if someone wants to come up to, to us 
ask God to feel and, and to say, God, I want to love you more. You want to respond physically coming out here. Our pastor is here to pray with you. Can we just sing the chorus one more time? Allow us this opportunity. After hearing the word, let us respond to the word. And as we sing the chorus, I want you to just come forward and in a moment's time, I'm going to close the service. Shall we? Shall we do that? Shall we do that? I mean, you don't need the, the music, you don't need the song, you can just come forward. If you need prayer, you need a breakthrough, I just invite you to come forward. The pastors are here to minister to you. And if you receive that and you say, that's me, I have been convicted, just come forward. Thank you, Lord. And so, Father, we pray that 2023, we will offer ourselves as willing vessels, Lord, for you to clean and to be empty so that you can fill us once again with your Holy Spirit. Anoint us, Lord. We want to love you more, God. We know that God cannot be done with our own strength. And so we surrender to you. And we march forward, Lord, in faith and confidence. And so may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and always. Amen, amen. Praise God. The service is over. Remember, when you go out there to collect your coffee cup, we have given you a coffee cup to remind one another you are vessel. God bless you.